Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The Lord's good, isn't he? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want you to go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to be receiving communion this morning. And uh, so I want to go over something with you. Hallelujah. In verse 23, beginning in verse 23, of course, Paul here was writing to the church at Corinth. And we know that just if, well, if you know anything about the Bible, most of you do, you know that the church at Corinth was somewhat of a troubled church. They had problems at Corinth, problems in their uh, behavior and in some of their lifestyles and so forth. And Paul is writing to them about something and then he picks up in the middle, we're going to go back and catch up with what he was talking about. But we're going to start here because this is a familiar passage that we use when we receive communion. In verse 23, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Then he's, then he's having said that, then he goes into to the point he's wanting to make. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, it's important to point out because the devil's always there ready to condemn people because he is the accuser of the brethren, you know. The, a lot of people take this scripture to say that if you eat or drink unworthily and it, that gives the idea that you may or may not be worthy to eat or drink. That's not what he's saying. He said, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner it's not talking about you being unworthy because the blood of Christ made you worthy. Amen. Amen. But it is possible to eat or drink and partake of communion in an unworthy manner. He said a person who partakes of communion in, un in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment and the rest I will set in order when I come. Now notice, he, he, uh, we usually stop reading in verse number 32 if we're reading this passage. 
And, but notice in verse 33 and 34, he says, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. And if you're hungry, uh, you know, eat at home. What in the world is he talking about? Well, if you go back to the 17th verse, he said, now in giving these, and this is what, this is what I'm about to read here is what set up this whole discussion on communion. Okay? This is what, what, he, what he said he said, because of what I'm about to read now, verse 17. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Can you imagine coming to church and, it, and you being worse off? He said, when you come together, it's not for the better, it's for the worse. That's, that's a pretty bad indictment, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're worse off when you come to church than you were if you didn't come. We should be, it should be for the better we come to church. I think we all agree on that. That's pretty strange. That's pretty outrageous. That's what the, Paul, the apostle Paul declared. He said, really, when y'all come together, it's, it's not better for you, it's worse. The apostle Paul wasn't necessarily a popularity preacher. For first of all, first of all, this wasn't the only thing wrong. He said, first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, or divisions, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. See, they came together to eat with one another and to have common meals together. And they were blending this in with partaking of communion. The, the, following the example that Jesus set uh, on, at the Last Supper, you know, the, the night before he was betrayed, and, uh, or the night he was betrayed, and they were mingling these two things together. And so they were just all bringing their food, and some people, you know, had a lot to eat and, uh, and, and too much to drink, and some didn't have any or had very little. And that's why he went in and started talking about the, the communion that the Lord instituted. He said, for I received from the Lord that which, you know, uh, and then he goes into that. And so he says that they were in danger of eating and drinking, partaking of the cup of the Lord, the body and blood of the Lord in an unworthy manner. And uh, he said, whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. Now, the first application and the primary application, we always remember what I taught about uh, interpreting scriptures, you always look at the context. Isn't that right? And you, looked at, you look at the chapter and verse context and you, and you uh, interpret scriptures in line or in light of what is he talking about? Who's he talking to? What's he talking about? And what is the context? The context of not discerning the Lord's body 
has to do with not respecting one another as members of the body. Amen? We're members of the body of Christ. We're, and that means we're members of one another. And so not honoring one another and not respecting one another, uh, having a spirit of division and, and having uh, uh, factions in the church and all this sort of thing, evidently all of this was, well, we know that was going on. Because earlier in the chapter, Paul addressed the idea of, of, of sectarianism and, and, and different parties in the church. One was saying, well, I'm of Paul. Another one was saying, well, I'm of Apollos. Then there were the, there were the, the ones that, that really were holy and said, well, we're of Christ. You know, we're, and the, so they were superior to the others. So there was this division and this carnality in the church and it got into, uh, all the way into them eating together and then mingling that uh, practice of having a common meal, mingling that with receiving the blood and, and the body of Christ. And he said, you don't discern the body of Christ that way. And so what that teaches us is that we need to be very careful with one another to honor one another, to respect one another, and, and, to, and to realize that we are all members of the body of Christ. And, uh, and so uh, having uh, division or strife or ill will or anything like that, he said, whenever you receive communion, judge yourself. J judge yourself. Before you receive. He didn't say judge yourself and not take. He said judge yourself and then partake. You know it doesn't take you long to judge yourself. Amen. I mean you know. You already know it if you're missing it. If I'm talking to you today. And you're, and you're thinking. Yeah. I have you know been talking bad about so and so. Or I, you know I do have an ad. Then you know who you are. And all right. The, uh, nobody has to point you out. Your own spirit will tell you that. And so you just judge yourself. Before you receive communion, you judge yourself. Am I walking in love? Am I, am I discerning the fact that we are all members of one body? Amen? Hallelujah. Now, we also know that we can, we can add another interpretation. It's not the fundamental interpretation. It's not the primary interpretation because the context tells us what he was talking about. But there is another application. We say it that way. It's not another interpretation. But there's another application of that. And that is to discern the body of Christ was beaten and bruised and broken for our healing. By his stripes, by his bruises, by those wounds that, he, that were inflicted upon him, we receive healing. Now he went on to say for this purpose or for this cause, many are weak and sick and, and even many sleep. That means some had, have even died prematurely. Well, either of those things can result either not discerning the Lord's body in the sense of not discerning that we're members of one another and that we ought to honor one another and treat one another right. You know, if you don't treat one another right, it can shorten your life. Yeah. If you, if you consistently uh, hold grudges, if you consistently have, an, have just a, a, a bad attitude about someone or other People could be singular, plural. If you consistently harbor ill will and harbor uh, feelings of, of resentment and, and so forth, I always say it like this. If there's anybody that when they just come to mind, and I think somebody said this recently, 
Did you say that recently? Somebody up here said that. Uh, you know, if, if, if someone comes to your mind and you automatically go, you know what I mean? You don't have to say anything. There's no expression. But on the, you know what I'm talking about. On the inside, it's like, and, uh, you know, you come to, and if they're in, in the church, you know, and, and, they, and, you, and you try to go around them. You know, you see them coming this way, you just say, well, I'll just go over here and talk to this person until they pass by. Amen. That's not the laughter of people who don't know what I'm talking about. That's the laughter of familiarity. Yeah, yeah, I know what some, because let's just all admit it, we've all been there. Huh? Well, there's me and Philip and David. No, come on, we've all been there. And he said, you have to judge yourself. Amen. Don't wait until the, the first Sunday of every quarter to judge yourself. <laughs> Amen. We ought to, we ought to have uh, something, we ought to have a discipline in our life where we do not allow resentment, or ill will or hard feelings or anything to enter into our heart about anybody. But as soon as that thing uh, arises and those, and those feelings, go, you say, no, 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 I, I judge that. I put that down. I'm not participating in that. That's coming from my flesh. That's not coming from the Holy Spirit. It's not coming from my spirit. That's coming from the outside, but it's trying to get in. How do you stop it from being in, from getting in? Just say, you're not coming in. I'm not, I'm not harboring that. Amen. And then, and then to, to, to help you uh, uh, pray for that person. Jesus gave us four important things. He said, pray for them. Amen. Bless them. What was the other two? Do good and love. Love them. I don't know the order. Bless them, do good, and pray for them, I think was the, I'm not sure. But in other words, if you have somebody that's just causing you a problem, and you're trying to stay straight, but they just keep doing stuff that just sticks the knife in and twists it, you know, and you're trying to walk in love and it's, come on now. You know, sometimes people just irk you. Is that a word? Not, yeah, not, not, not Ryan. Sometimes people just, there's personality clashes. And there are some people that just, just they're the way they are. Without even opening their mouth. You don't like the way they look. They just, you just think they don't, they just have an attitude. You know, you just say, well, they just, he just thinks he's the smartest thing in the world. She really thinks she's something. Usually not. Sometimes, but usually not. But regardless, you have to judge yourself. You know, what they're doing, uh, you can't allow what they're doing to get inside of you. Because most of the, I'll say most of the time, uh, it's not intentional. Amen. 
You don't, and you don't know what's, what's going on in their life. And I think you said that too recently, didn't you? Yeah, you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know why they act like that. If you had, if you had experienced some of the things they experienced that, that you don't even know about, you might even be doing worse. Come on. You haven't walked in their shoes. And so what do you do? You love them, you bless them, you do good for them, and you pray for them. If you'll do those things, you know, determine, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to demonstrate the love of God to them. And, and then bless them. That means to speak well of them. Get in the habit of speaking well about them. Don't be silent. If you remain silent and you don't do anything, that, that, that thing will just keep coming back and just keep coming back and just keep coming back because that, that person will just continue to irritate you and continue to, to, to cause your, you, you a problem spiritually. But if you'll go out of your way to say good things about them, when the opportunity presents itself, just say something good. And, and then bless, you know, uh, 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 do good. You don't give them a little gift. Just do something nice for them. It doesn't have to be anything big. Just do something nice for them. Amen. And pray for them. Amen. I tell you what, it'll go a long way in, uh, in helping you guard your heart. Now I remember what Pastor Angela was talking about on Wednesday night. Was it this week or two weeks, two weeks ago? She was talking about the fact that... Uh, when, when we first started the church, we'd been together about three years, and we had a, a split in, a, in the church, about a third of our congregation left. And, uh, and, it was, and it was folks that had been with us from the beginning, but if you've heard the story here, when I first started the, uh, the church, I didn't really see myself as a pastor. I, thought I saw myself as being just someone to help get the church started, and then I'd move on. I'd turn it over to somebody else. But as, as the months... Uh, progressed and, and, and into a, a, a year or two, I began to really sense the, that God, this was what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be the pastor of the church. And they all, you know, they all uh, welcomed that. But uh, some folks sometimes have ideas that are holdovers, you know, from their previous religious training. And uh, these folks had come out of, of, of a denomination where uh, there was sort of a, a, a democratic type rule, you know, and the, and the people kind of decided what, what went. And uh, when the uh, anointing of the pastor began to really rise up in me, I began to take more and more uh, direction of the church. Well, uh, eventually I ran into conflict with, with some of these folks. Anyway, you know, they're good. They were good people. They just, you know, just because of their background, uh, they ran into conflict with me. Well, they left. And... Uh, when they left, up proceeding right up, you know, up until that time for a short period of time, and then right after that time, uh, they talked about uh, Pastor Angela and, and me uh, behind our backs. And the reason I knew it was because people would come and tell me what they were saying. And, uh, and that really helped me. <laughs> and uh, we, we could not understand why in the world they were accusing us of things. I mean, they were accusing us of crazy things that there wasn't even any basis. There wasn't even any, any reason to, to suspect some of these things. They were just hurt. They were saying things. But, you know, it hurt our feelings. And so Pastor Angela and I, you know, we would, um, we, now the Lord dealt with me, do not 
discuss this with anybody in the church. Don't go out. You know, they were going around, you know, spreading rumors. Don't, don't open your mouth. Just let me be your, your, your uh, defense. And so I just left it in the Lord's hands. But, you know, just between the two of us, husband and wife, you know, husbands and wives talk about things. And, uh, <laughs> and we would rehash this just between ourselves, not with anybody else. We would rehash this. And, uh, and we just, I just can't understand. That's just aggravation. Why would they say those things? Why would they, why would they do that? And, and we'd get ourselves kind of stirred up and we'd say, no, what, you know what? We have to forgive them. And so we would just say, we forgive them, Father. They, you know, they're, they're bless their hearts. They're, they're good people. They love you. And they're just, you know, they're just gotten messed, you know, mixed up here. But we just turn it over to you. We forgive them. And then we'd go a day or two, and, and, and then something come up in your mind that somebody said. It was just like, oh, I can't believe that. I, I mean, I, well, I'd be taking a shower. She's in the bathroom, you know, fixing her hair or something. And I'd say, I'd pull the curtain and say, you know what else? <laughs> I mean, right out of the clear blue, like she knew what I, I said. Yeah, and she did. I said, you know what else? I just don't understand this. I just can't believe it. She said, I know it. And here we'd go again. And then we stop and say, all right, we just, we got to stop this. We just got to stop it. We have to stop this. We forgive them and that's the end of it. A couple of days later, I'm out in the carport doing something, you know. <sighs> you know what? I just can't. And here we'd go again. She'd, I know it. You know, she'd always agree with me. You know? She'd do the same thing and I'd agree with her. And finally, we came to the point, we're not getting over this this way. This is not working. So we made a pact between she and I, and, we, and I remember when we did it, it said, from this moment forward, we will not speak of this. This, that's happened, all this, you know, we'll not speak of it, even amongst ourselves, husband and wife. I mean, we're just, we can't afford to do it because it keeps us stirring us up. We just will not do it. We won't talk about this. And, and we intended forever, as long as we lived, that we would never bring up the whole incident, the whole thing again. Now, like she said on Wednesday night, there came a time because we did that, it wasn't too long, a number of months or so, maybe a year, I don't know. We, we realized we were over it. it, it, it there was no longer a, a thorn in our side. There was no longer anything that, that caused us. And then we could talk about it, but we didn't talk about it from malice. You know, it was just history. It wasn't, we weren't hurt, we weren't offended anymore, we weren't, but we had to get to that place by making up our mind that we are not going to talk about this anymore. We're not going to let this thing come out of our mouth. Sometimes you have to, you have to take yourself by the nap of the neck and say, you know what, you, you're going to straighten up here. That's all there is to it. And, and I, find, I found myself going, you know, we'd go into town. Of course, it's High Springs, a small town. And there was one particular merchant in town. And he, uh, he liked to stir up stuff. He was a, he was a gossip, okay, at the time. And, uh, and I knew that because I'd been in that, you know, that place of business before and I heard him talk about other people. Well, I knew that some of these folks were, you know, had known him a lot longer than I had. And, uh, and, and so he would try, he would intentionally try to, gets, you know, kind of brings their names up just sort of get a reaction from me. And uh, this one particular day, you know, he, he made something, you know, he made some comment about this person. I knew exactly what he was doing because I'd seen him do it with other people. And I said, you 
want me to tell you something about, and I called that man's name and said, you want me to tell you something about him? And boy, he just, you could see it in his eyes. He all lit up, ooh, I'm gonna get a juicy morsel here, you know. I mean, he was so excited, you know. I said, let me tell you something about him. I said, that's one of the most upright, fine in men, men of integrity, loves God. I mean, it's one of the finest men, men I know. And I really meant that because the, the person, though he was, you know, he'd gotten kind of, you know, cross with me. He, he just was, you know, misled. But he was a good man. So I want you to know, that's one of the finest men I've ever known. And you can see that old boy. His, his countenance just, just fell like, oh, really? He was so disappointed. But you know, I got to the place that I learned I had to start saying some things not about the situation, but saying some things about them to bless them. And, and in my prayer time, I told Angela, this is what we're gonna do. Every time they come to mind, we're gonna pray for them. And I mean, I prayed for, for, for the, the, those individual people. I prayed every good thing I could think of. I prayed about their, their families, their marriage, their children, their finances, their health. I mean, any good thing I could think of. God, just, you know, just load them up with blessing. Just prayed for them. And then we just refused to talk about the problem. And you know what? It wasn't very long, like I said, till one day we realized, hey, that's not even, we can see that person and it's not even an irritant. We don't even, we don't even think about the past. It's over. Well, that's, that's discerning the Lord's body. We have to be very careful to protect one another. And he said, and, and protect ourselves from, from this sin. And he said, because uh, for this reason, many are sick and weak and many sleep. And that's not the only reason. Another reason is just not discerning the, the healing power of God. They, the fact that by his stripes, we were healed. That's another reason people are weak and sick. It's not the primary thing he was talking about here, but it, it happens. Isn't that right? Well, praise God. Thank God. God wants us to be well and blessed and have fullness in our lives but I tell you what, it's important that we judge ourselves. See, this is a side of healing that uh, is not preached to the world. I remember uh, something Dad Hagen taught in Bible school. Now, he, he didn't teach this in public. But in Bible school, because in public, he always taught healing from the standpoint of God's mercy and, and, and God, uh, you know, it's God's will to heal everybody and, and God wants you well. Because he knows he's dealing with the public and there are Christians and non-believers alike. But he taught in class, he said, you know, uh, a pastor will have to approach the subject of healing differently for people who are in the church, people who are born again. Because though by his stripes we are healed and healing belongs to us, if we don't walk in love towards one another, it opens a door. Yeah, I said it opens a door for the enemy. And that's what it's talking about. It says, And he goes on to say, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened by the Lord. How does the Lord chasten you? Well, if you, if you persist in not walking in love, he, he has to allow the enemy because you've opened the door. You've opened the door. He has to allow that attack to come. Remember, remember, uh, where Paul talked on, on two or three occasions about turning someone, someone over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because they persisted in wrongdoing. He said, I've turned them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Another time, he told the church at Corinth to do it. 
He said, turn this, this person over to Satan. Well, see, God doesn't put sickness on people. But if a person persists in doing wrong, what it does, it opens the door and, and God has to allow the enemy to come in. And uh, we can keep that door closed. The number one way of keeping it closed is stay in love. Don't allow any bitterness, any strife. Don't let that stuff. He said, you know, uh, one root of bitterness springing up can poison a lot of people. Isn't that right? Well, let's not allow it. Amen. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.